The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown or Turnover is backed by Elkhorton Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong. Hours Network's hotline, hour number one, was brought to you by Healer Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Swain Event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Still liking, I still like watching this play. Uh, I like the intensity that we bring. I like the effort that we bring. Um, last night was a bad night, and they'll get better. They'll move forward. It's basketball. Can't spend all week talking about one, one game. It's not like football. Um, at all. Ooh, speaking of football. Speaking of football. Tennessee football. So we're running back target Justin Williams put out his top two. Auburn and Tennessee. Even when I know Tennessee's in a good spot, when I see Auburn, I still I still get a little nervous, man. You should. <laughs> I still get nervous. Like, oh man. Damn, Cadillac Williams. I wouldn't be nervous about Justin Williams, but it is completely understandable. Yeah. It's still, man, I, I don't care if Justin Williams says, 99% I'm coming to Tennessee. The <laughs> crystal balls and the future cast all say 99%. If it's Auburn there, I'm still nervous. I'm still nervous. That's just, that's just, that's just how I am when it comes to Auburn based on Based on experience. 865-255-03. Let's check out the text box. My man Big Shot Rob knows a thing or two about hoops. In my opinion, the issue was there's no rhythm at all. Uh, all night. Notice how at the beginning uh, Tech had us rotating off ball movement and we went to a zone. That's what we didn't do. We didn't move the ball well at all. I think that played a part also. Our bigs are just soft as baby-ish. I don't think our bigs are physically imposing. Folky's I, – I, I'm going to nitpick. I don't want to call Folky soft. He's not soft. His game just – His game is, is, finesse. is finesse. That's that's the best way to say it. Yes, because Folky's not soft. <laughs> Folky has, has proven over the years that he, that he is not soft with the injuries that he has had to play through. Heck, right now he, he's got still got that broken thumb taped up as well. So Folky's not soft. Now, Olivier last night was soft, and and the moment was too big for him for the first time this season. I don't, I don't, I don't even think Urosh is soft. I just don't think Urosh is a good basketball player. 
Um, and he, he doesn't play smart, too. No, he, he's too emotional. He almost got teed up twice last night. He almost got teed up while he was on the bench because he he's not even in the game, and he's flailing his arms at a call, and the other ref saw it and, and went over and talked to him. He almost got teed up there. And then everybody was mad at the ref for getting in Urosh's face. Well, Urosh goes in like a bull in a china shop on the ground on somebody laying on the ground like – Urosh was doing too much. Like, the ref should have said something because Urosh was, like, diving at the bottom of a, of a pile, hossing and turning around. What's hossing? I don't know. <laughs> I just made it up. I, like, I, I, like, he – of course the ref should say something because Urosh was about to start something. Urosh, Urosh always doing too much. Urosh always does too much. Doing, and, and, like, his, his, his stick is getting old with me. Like, it really is. Like, we had, like, two or three people hey man, last night. he's still the best team in college basketball. I don't care. That, that's old. I don't care. I want the best damn basketball player in the country. You want a seven-footer that plays like seven-footer? Yes. I and, like, the, the hook shot was nice. It, it was it nice. Came, it came at a good time. Tech was on, like, a 5-0, 6-0 run. But it was nice. He, he continually gets boxed out. It's the time. The timing. He's too emotional. The timing of the, of he the post. He stupid fouls. I mean, he, he – <sighs> I'm tired of Urosh. It's like, um, but he's not soft. He's just too emotional. Like Urosh is how we view Urosh reminds me of what we think is funny with a toddler versus a grown person. Like when a, when a little baby poots, makes <laughs> cute noises, you know, speaks. Half English, talks like a baby. Like it's cute. Oh, look at, hey, look at little Ben. He pooed it. It's so cute. But twenty-seven year old, twenty-eight year old Ben going around pooting. It ain't cute anymore. <laughs> like it's kind of disgusting. It's kind of immature. <laughs> you know, like when you do it, you get old. It's like all right, man. Like it was cute when you was like two years old. It's not cute anymore. Uros, his. His play was cute when he was not playing young, and he wasn't playing. He wasn't counting on to give you productive minutes in the post. Now it's like, hey man, get some damn rebounds. <laughs> you seven foot, all that extra stuff on the sideline. It's not cute anymore. Let the coach do that. Let the coach do that. Remember, Rick Barnes is very demonstrative to the refs, and Grant would always complain about calls to Grant Williams. And we've heard you saying, you take on the personality of your head coach. So because Rick challenges calls and very demonstrative, I'm surprised Rick does not get more technical fouls. He doesn't because he's respected so he's much. Nice guy. He's respected so much. So Uros, all he's doing is following, following Rick, but you can't do that because you ain't Rick. You ain't Rick Barnes. How about you be the best Uros, you seven-foot, Go get some rebounds. Go impose your will in the paint. Go be a force. Go take up some space in the paint. So, like, it's funny that you have this stance now on Uros. It reminds me of, you know, <laughs> this little baby, man. It's so cute doing these little things. And then 10 years later, it's like, hey, man, it ain't cute anymore. You ain't a baby anymore. It's not cute. Uros, he's been here three years. It's not cute anymore. Let's get some rebounds. Let's play like a seven-footer. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, man. Um. There's, yeah, so I I don't think that those three are are soft. 
particularly folky and, and Urosh. And I don't think a, a, Olivier is soft either. I just think he had a really, really bad night. He had a soft night. Yes. Zell says he was massaging he was massaging Bob's shoulders doing a <laughs> overtime timeout. Best teammate ever. No wonder Bob couldn't make a shot. <laughs> no, Uro- man. Urosh he popped his shoulder he, out of place. No, he made he made one in uh he made one there in, in overtime or no in the fourth quarter. He was tense. Bob was tense. Olivier was, you know, making sure he was loose, man. Weird. Anyways. Um, that that offensive foul, that charge they called against Kennedy, that should have been an and one. Second game in a row. No, Ugh. well, not second game in a row, but it happened in the Villanova game to start Ugh. the game as well. That was a try. Like, the, the guy's still moving. Kennedy's already in the air. When he slides in front of him. Ridiculous. <sighs> Gotta change that rule. Gotta change that rule. Mark Breeden says we need a big man coach. Doesn't feel like they're developing them. No, Mark, don't do that. Excuse me? Big man coach? Ben, you gonna you gonna back up Mark on that take? No. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think it. I, I think the evaluations are the issue with the post players, post Grant, post Kyle. I think the evaluations have been the issues, not necessarily them coaching them up day to day in practice. Like to this point, they they thought Olivier was a, a diamond in the rough, and he was not. Has not been so far, and I, I really like Olivier. I, but. Will we say that if it wasn't for last night? Because last night, outside last night, Olivier was proving to be a dominant, dominant in the rough and on his way to being a really, really, really good player for Tennessee. Last night was just bad. But see, here's my thing is when Rick signed him, he had him in – he signed him in, in, in the thought process of like, oh, he reminds me of Grant Williams coming out and he, he's he's going to be a really productive player for us and – like he, even with him looking like he's going to have a good year, it's not like he's going to be super super productive and, and one of the SEC's better players. Hey, which was the thought three. on him when he signed him. This is year three. This is this is when we're supposed to see that development. I think we are seeing it. I think last night he just looked like freshman Olivier. I I agree that he has gotten better, but I still don't think like he's a like I, I think he's a role player trying to fit into a, a starting role. Well, he, I think he's a, a, a one of the first guys you want coming off the bench, and, and he's having to start. Dude, comparing him to Grant Williams is not fair. Oh well, Rick put that on him. Well, that's not Mo- fair. many times. That's not fair. Said that he reminded him of of, of Grant, fair. and saw the the same kind of skill set from him coming out of high school. Which I mean, if you see the same, and he wasn't trying to say that he's going to have a Grant Williams type of career, but he was getting to the point that one day he thinks he's going to be really productive in this league. Now, if you want, if you want, if you want to knock us, you know, bring in Uros, then I, I, I'm not, I'm not taking a charge on that one. Yes, the, the evaluation I, on Uros yeah. has has been bad. Yeah, you, you can question that all day long, but I think we have seen development in, in, in our big man. We've seen him get better. We've seen Kyle Alexander. We've seen guys outside of Grant get better uh, in the post. I've seen improvements in Olivier. I just thought that I just thought he was he was shook playing in the garden. Um he he just he just he just 
He clammed up last night, and that can't happen moving forward. Okay. <laughs> well, here, here's so here's in in the big games this year. Olivier scored zero points against Villanova, seven points against North Carolina, three points against Colorado, two points against Texas Tech. Yeah, he got to find a way to be. He got to find a way to be, and the the Colorado and the uh, Texas Tech game, you saw a lot of four, four out one in. He got to find a way to be that one dude in. Now he got to, and does he play over folk? I don't know, but if he plays well enough, he will. But but in the in the big games this season, against formidable opponents, he has not done anything. He he's averaging eight and six, which. For a junior in a starting role, I like the 6.1 rebound, but the 8.3 points is is not necessarily something that I, I just love. Uh, it's not awful, but I think it could be better. But, like, all of those points are, are coming against UT Martin, ETSU, Presbyterian, Tennessee Tech. Like, he's played really well against those teams. And you can really see the growth there, uh, even against those teams. But can he take another step and be productive against the Texas Techs, the Colorados, the Memphises, the Arizonas, the Alabamas, against SEC opponents? Yeah, everything changed, man, that Villanova game because he got 27, 27 minutes and didn't didn't he didn't pee a drop. He didn't, he didn't score a point, and I think that was a moment that the staff said, okay, we might need to think about doing some other things offensively. Since the Villanova game, November the 20th, there's only been one game where he has got more than 19 minutes, and that was um, against Tennessee Tech, where he had 29 minutes. But everything else, man, uh, North Carolina, 17 minutes, Presbyterian, uh, Presbyterian, 18 minutes. Colorado, 13 minutes. And then last night, 13 minutes. Man, we live in a world where I'm defending uh, Olivier against you. It used to be the other way around not too long ago. <laughs> I, I like Olivier. I just, like, like I, 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 don't disagree I with think you, to this point, that evaluation has not lived up to what they thought it would be. Yeah. And that that's fact. Because yeah. they had high, high, high hopes, like the song, you got to have high, high hopes for a living. I mean, they had that type of high hopes for Olivier, and he's not been that. I, I, I mean, I think he's a, yep. a role player trying to be a starter we, right now. We need more from our post players. Yes, and, and honestly, I, I think the the best solution is, is Folky playing like Folky can. I, I don't know if he's still – Trying to get back from from the injuries that cost him his off season, how much that thumb is is bugging him, but he he's got to step it up a notch because I think you're going to see that that small ball lineup often this season, especially to finish games where you have Josiah at the four and Folky at the five, and and then you run Ziegler, Kennedy, and then one of Powell or or it'd be Santi, and then I guess Ziegler would would Ziegler, Powell, or Victor in that that third guard spot, depending on who's having the best night. <laughs> y'all y'all good on the text box this morning. It's still one game though, guys. Still one game. 
Uh, I know we've been talking about it and mentioning all the things that's bad. I still like this team. I need to, I need to reiterate that. Uh, I still think we are a good team. It is, it is early, and we definitely need to make some adjustments. We need to find guys that we can count on and give those guys more minutes and the players that prove that they are um, untrustworthy in moments like this, you need to shave their minutes down. But this is why you play these type of games early in the season. It's not about the wins and the losses. It's about playing tough opponents and knowing, finding out about yourself as quick as possible before conference play. And Tennessee has got two nice lessons from two really good teams. One happens to be ranked in the top 10 and the other one not ranked, but that culture is still intact from uh, the previous coach there at Texas Tech. We'll take a quick time out here at hour number two. Hour two is brought to you by Action247. Follow them on Twitter at TNAction247. Tennessee's only legal sports book right now. Use the promo code SwainEvent and you will get a 100% match on your first deposit up to $400. Stay with us. Swain Event, fueled by that and barbecue. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange Action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knox Hill for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, 
and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. Irish Networks Hotline, live here from the Low T Center Studio. Ben McKee, Jason Sway. All right, it's time for Around the SEC. South Carolina running back Zaquandre White has declared for the NFL draft. Very efficient for South Carolina this past season. He is headed off to the NFL. LSU starting quarterback Max Johnson announced last night that he has entered the transfer portal. He was one of two interesting names that entered the transfer portal. Uh, Impressive freshman LSU receiver Deion Smith is planning to enter his name into the transfer portal. Um, According to Brody Miller of The Athletic, he was a Coach O recruit, had 135 yards, two touchdowns against Central Michigan. So two big names in LSU country entering the portal. Remember we had a conversation about why would anybody want to leave LSU now that Brian Kelly is coming? Because Brian Kelly is a good coach. Brian Kelly has competed for a national championship several different times. Well, the answer is they don't know him like that. 
So we're going to see players leave the transfer portal. It's when I made the point about Brady Hoke securing the commitment of Darren Kirkland Jr., but Jim Harbaugh couldn't. Now, what sense does that make? We know which one is a better coach, right, based on um, past success. I mean, Harbaugh's coming off a Super Bowl appearance in the freaking NFL. So here's another case, another example, proof, evidence that it's about relationships. And Max Johnson, although is a quarterback, and we've seen quarterbacks thrive under Brian Kelly, he don't know Brian Kelly like that. Now, he may return, but he's looking. And I like Max Johnson. I like his game. I really do, man. Yeah, holds on to the ball a bit too long. That That's his con. But he is uh, super efficient. Super efficient. I, I, I really like him as as well. Uh, what is unfortunate, and I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, is LSU's down to one quarterback. They play in the Texas Bowl. And because Max Johnson has decided to transfer, Garrett Nussmeyer, hmm? who has already played in four games this year, must now burn his red shirt to be the quarterback in the bowl game. Oh, man, that's dirty. That's dirty. That is dirty. You think it was on purpose? I mean, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs to that situation, but just kind of looking from from this far away. I mean, if you're Max Johnson, I mean, you have to – you have to enter the transfer portal at this time, right? right. You got you to gotta take visits and know where you're going to go. This is the time to do it in between the last game of the regular season and your bowl game. This is the time you, to do it, and you want to do it while there's still students on campus too. So this was a – even if, like, Max Johnson did it on purpose or if he didn't do it on purpose, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like, he had to enter the portal at this moment. And it just stinks for Nussmeyer that he may have to burn his red shirt. He will. Who does LSU play? I'm taking whoever whoever LSU is take, uh, playing. I'm taking them to win. I can't remember who they're playing. I'm taking the team that LSU is playing to cover or to win. That that that's all I'm doing. That's what that let me know I need to do. They are playing Kansas State. Hmm. I watched Kansas State play against uh, – what team was that? Texas. Kansas State is playing around. Yes. Uh, the biggest news out of LSU yesterday, though, was not the transfer news. It was that Brian Kelly is hiring McNeese State head coach and former LSU assistant Frank Wilson to his staff in Baton Rouge. Woo. According to Shea Dixon, he says – when he tweeted out this news, that when it comes to recruiting in the state of Louisiana, mm. Wilson's one of the best to ever do it. Facts. Facts. Only facts. Now, Frank Wilson was here under under Lane Kiffin, but all his, all of his ties are right there in Louisiana. And when Frank Wilson was there the first time, he was cleaning up in Louisiana. I saw a tweet from Leonard Fournette that you know called him the best running backs coach that he, he's ever had. And he's been in the NFL for multiple years, <laughs> kind of throwing his current running back coach under the bus. But that just goes to show you the respect level that Frank Wilson has in his conference. I saw also, a, you know, Marcus Spears. Um, you Ryan know, Clark. Oh, yeah. Like, every, All the LSU alums. Everyone knows. 
because I even I even commented on it the moment that Frank, you know, that LSU announced that hire. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is this is good. This is a good. This is a good hire. Frank Wilson is that dude. He and and LSU is the perfect fit for him. Like Frank Wilson would be successful at any SC program because he's that good. But at LSU, where all of his ties are. That's now he's even better. Like he he's even greater. So this is a this is a great great pickup for Brian Kelly. Does this maybe change at all your your thoughts on on Brian Kelly that that a guy like Frank Wilson is is willing to sign up to work for him? No, nah. Frank what Wilson a, about to get that bag. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. What about so LSU Brian Kelly is bringing the. Somebody from from Notre Dame, not not the head strength coach from from Notre Dame, but but somebody in that department to to run his strength program at LSU. So he's 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 bringing the number two guy. Yes, I forgot. I I don't know. I forgot to bookmark it. I'll I'll, I'll have to look it up in in more detail. I apologize about that. But he, he's bringing somebody that he knows to replace Tommy Moffitt. The does that? I mean, him having his own guy. Does that? Maybe change your initial reaction to, to him getting rid of Tommy Moffat? Uh Matt Frakes, who uh is Notre Dame's director of sports nutrition. Okay, so it's not um, even so that's 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 who he's bring, uh bringing. And they worked together before. They were at uh Cincinnati and Central Michigan together. So listen, I, I What's his role at LSU gonna be, does it say? Mm, no. Um, I don't know what his role is going to be, but that's who he brought with him from Notre Dame in that in that department. So, and the reason I'm asking that is because like we know Tommy Moffat's maybe one of maybe the goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He but won, uh, he like, the, it he also makes sense if Brian Kelly wants his guy. You know, it makes perfect sense. Like I, I remember when um, you know Tennessee hired Butch. And people were like, "Wait a minute, you gotta, you gotta hire Sam Pittman." And I understand that Sam Pittman is the best of the best, but the group that have worked together for so long—Don Mahoney and, and, and Mark Elder and uh, Mike Bajakian—this group, this core group—you can't break that group up. That's they got to where they were because of that group. And so you got to go with what works and what has been working. And for Butch Jones leading up to getting the Tennessee job, that has worked for them. Um, same thing with Josh Heupel bringing in his own strength and conditioning coach. Like I understood it be- because he knows exactly what Heupel wants, how to get the players conditioned and, 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 and ready to go to play in this particular offense. Even though I love me some A.J. Artis and think he's a – young star in this game, I understand bringing your own guy. You don't have to stop and teach him. He like he knows how to finish your sentences. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you want. And it's working. So, like, I saw some tweets, some from former players, some from just fans are like, hey, at Danny White, at Josh Heupel, Tommy Moff is available. It's like, guys, come on, man, y'all, y'all know better. Come on, bring in Tommy Moffitt. It, it doesn't work that way. Coaches work with guys that, that, they, that they know. And it's not broke. Like, it's not even broke right now. 
So yeah, Tony Moffitt is is great, but we don't even, like we don't do what LSU does. No, two totally different brands of Josh Heupel compared to what LSU has been the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. Like I, I would imagine Josh Heupel wants a, a different type of plan in in the weight room. It has worked. Like our conditioning is not an issue. I don't think you know our strength levels was was an issue. Us losing games. I thought we had a talent issue more than a strength issue, strength conditioning issue. So if you have a guy on your staff that's doing a good job and just because a big name is available, that doesn't mean that you you get rid of the player the excuse me, the coach that you currently have on your roster. I just I just don't think Tennessee needs to make a any drastic moves to try to go get Tommy Moffitt? Like no. I, I don't. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that. All right, go ahead. Only other thing I've got to add is that there were two Kentucky players that entered the portal. Nobody really of note. Uh, linebacker Kadarius McDaniel. He had 15 tackles during his time at Kentucky, and then running back slash linebacker Torrance Davis who played in five games as a true freshman linebacker and then moved to running back earlier this year. So a couple of Kentucky players entering the portal the last week or so. Oh, my God, Stoops is losing control. They should fire him. There's there's going to be players on every team in the SEC that hits the transfer portal. Um, In Tennessee's time is coming. Uh, I'm surprised we haven't heard more about the players that are Transferring, I'm surprised we haven't heard about those guys hitting the portal at this point um, because the season, the regular season is over. To continue with around the SEC, on you know several message boards, and there's been chatter here and there. Um, surprised the word hasn't got out a little bit sooner, but it is out, and that is that uh, Patrick Abernathy is no longer with the staff Um, heading into this season. He was going into his eighth season with Tennessee football. Uh, His title was director of player development. And you got to think about he's been here through Butch Jones, through Jeremy Pruitt, and uh, he stepped down uh, a couple weeks ago. So he's from Tennessee. He helped Tennessee. In so many different ways, connect with uh, players from the state. I think when you look at Tennessee being able to get Javante Payton, you have to look at the ties that Patrick Abernathy has in the mid-state and link that together. The question now is what does that mean for Tyler Barron? What does that mean for Tyler Barron? We saw where Tyler Barron um, had lost his starting job, his reps – uh, we're not the same at the beginning of the season. Uh, there's been some criticism about his his play and you know his intensity level and um, you know sometimes his effort is running to the football and you know he was held accountable for that and we saw more Byron Young and I tend to think that the things that was going on with his father and Patrick Abernathy affected his play. I truly believe that and so. Does Tyler Barron leave? And I'm 50-50 on that. I can see him hitting the portal. I can see him 
stand. It just depends. It really depends. I do not have an updated. Uh, I don't have an update on what he's going to do. All I'm saying is, I can see him leaving. His father is no longer on on the staff. So, um, Patrick, good dude, man, has helped Tennessee in so many so many ways, and um, respected from Bristol all the way to Memphis. Uh, inside the state, high school football has strong relationships, and so um, he's going to be fine moving forward. Don't know what he's going to do, but I do know that he stepped down. That was on the message boards uh, recently, and people are kind of talking about Tyler Barron transferring, which is a possibility, 50-50, if you ask me right now. Uh, There's been some talk about a couple wide receivers hitting the portal. Uh, There was talks about about Jimmy Holiday. I can see Jimmy Holiday um, hitting the portal. There's been some rumors about Jalen Hyatt. Uh, I don't think Hyatt's going to to go anywhere. I think Jalen Hyatt um, has some things that he needs to work on to improve, and it's not about you know a different environment to 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 do those things. It starts with it starts with number eleven. Starts with him. It doesn't matter what system that he's playing in. There's things that he ha- he has to do to get better, and I think he is going to do those things because the clock is ticking. You're no longer a freshman, even though. Last year was your freshman year, and this year technically was your sophomore year, but last year didn't count. So, you, so honestly, this year was your freshman year. But he has played in two college football seasons. He knows what he needs to do. And um, getting up and running, going somewhere else, is not the solution. He has things that he needs to do first. And um, I think he, he'll be doing those things in Knoxville unless something crazy happens. So, uh, I don't think Hyatt's going anywhere uh, as of today. Um, I'm 50-50 on Holiday, 50-50 on Tyler Barron. Anything else, Ben? Nope. Okay. Um, I did see video of Coach Heupel giving the uh, eulogy at Otis uh, Anderson's uh, funeral um, yesterday and Man, this, this is so much bigger than just, just a game. You know, college football, it's, it's, it's these relationships that these players have with each other. These coaches have with, with players. and Everyone has a different story. Every, everyone has a different background. And, um, you know, we've seen you know, Rick Barnes travel, go to Texas to attend the graduation of his – Former player T.J. Ford, it just means something more than just coaching up a player. Wins and losses, about relationships, and this is different. This is a tragic event that happened. Otis Anderson trying to protect his mother, and his father shoots and kills him. And Hypo coached him while he was at Central Florida, so he gave the eulogy um, at at the funeral. Yesterday, and that's just really tough to do. It's hard to watch that video and not get choked up, not get emotional. Um, and that tells you a lot about about hype. But I don't want to use a funeral to make points about the type of coach that we have because it's not about 
It's not about the game of football here. It's about hype on a human level. Like, this is the most crucial time of, of recruiting. Every day is crucial, right, in the SEC. But right now, like, you got home visits and things like that. But Hypo was where he's supposed to be. He was where he was supposed to be. And I said this four years ago, 2017, when Tennessee was in the middle of a craziest coaching search. I said, all Tennessee needs, man, is a good coach and a good person. That's it. And you'll win. You'll be successful. And for the first time in a long time, man, I think we got that. I think we got that. I don't care if Hypo had a home visit set up with a five-star. And he had to make a choice on going to the funeral or the visit. He was where he was supposed to be yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that in itself is recruiting as well, if if we're being honest. Like you just said, hate to hate to make that point Yeah, in this situation, but – I would imagine if 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 Heupel said to a recruit like, "Hey, man, I'm not gonna be able to make it to to see you tonight. I've I've got to go give a eulogy at one of my former players' funeral." I imagine that that would stick out to to said player. Yeah, yeah, on a human level, yeah, I I, I understand. Um, I know it. I know it would it would impress me if if I were ever a recruit. Giving giving a eulogy is like one of the hardest things ever. I couldn't imagine. Um, Thankfully, I've never given one. Yeah, man. Knock on wood. I remember when Al Wilson gave a eulogy for Daniel Brooks's funeral, and man, that was uh, boy, that was that was tough. That was tough. Um, two years ago, I was asked to do, give a eulogy at my. Um, Kind of like my big brother, but my, my my cousin, my great uncle who raised me, his son who passed away of stomach cancer. We saw him go from someone healthy to someone not being here in less than a year. And I had to give a eulogy. And it was like one of the toughest things ever. Toughest things ever to do. But uh, I did see that that video from Hypel and... Um, Just let you know, man. This it's about relationships. He is a good dude. He is a good person, and, and we genuinely mean that. I don't want to speak for you, Swain, but I'll speak for myself. Still, almost what are we at? Ten months of of Heifel being on the on the job. Mm-hmm. I, I swear, I have not heard a single bad word about Josh Heifel. Not a single bad thing about Josh Heifel. I, I personally have not heard a single bad thing about Josh Hyper. Nope, not on a human level. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Not as a person. Nope. Not at all. Hour two here in the Swain event. Swain event is fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Um, right now, Action 247 on a Wednesday, December the 8th. The promotion right now is bet. $50 on an NBA spread and get a free bet equal to the number of points your team scores in the first quarter. Mo points, mo money. Bet $50 on an NBA spread and get a free bet equal to the number of points your team scores in the first quarter. 
Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sport. Sports book. Ben McKee, Jason Sway, be right back after this. For what is coming up on the Swain event. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit, you get confused, you don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what?
bit for you about that in barbecue. For what here on the program? And uh, Ben, you have our for what for today. So tell the good people what we have. Yes, I, I've had this one in my bookmarks for quite some time now. And uh, a listener sent it in a couple of weeks ago, so I apologize for forgetting who sent it to us. But uh, here in town, off of Cedar Bluff, where several incidents seem to be happening lately, Swain, you would know about that. Uh, At this little pizza place, if you catch my drift of the pizza place that I am referring to, uh, a pair of restaurant employees are recounting a frightening encounter with a customer they say was armed with an AK-47. This article, oh, it gets better, just wait. This article is on WATE. Uh, it happened at the Little Pizza Place on Cedar Bluff Road earlier this, this month. Cedar Bluff? Mm-hmm. I guess what? this was last month. What's going on on Cedar Bluff, man? All the crazies are coming out, man. Uh, a police report says uh, this person, Charles, went in with an AK-47 after he was told that he'd have to wait 10 minutes for his pepperoni pizza. 10 minutes at the little pizza place? For his pepperoni pizza. That's a long time, man. And he said... It'll be hot and ready. He said, blank that. I'm, I'm, <laughs> he said, forget forget y'all making me wait. Uh, and, and what's crazy is that for the two employees, it was their first day on the job. Oh, man. I bet that was their last day, too. I never expected somebody to come in over a $6 pizza that you paid for with a gun. Uh, I was the only one up front taking orders, running up front. He orders a pepperoni pizza. I'm like, I'm sorry, there's going to be a 10-minute wait. He gets mad, frustrated, and is like, give me breadsticks. After that, things escalated. A police report states that this, this guy went outside to wait and returned with an AK-47. Uh, Come on, man. She said she was taking care of a customer. I handed her her crazy sauce. I'm about to have her leave, walking out. He comes in. The gun is pointed like this, held down a little bit. Then I look at it. My eyes drop to the gun, and he literally pulls it up, points it at me, points it at her, and says, where's my pizza? I want my pizza now. The gun's not going to make the oven cook any faster. No. And if anything, if you want them to turn it up, all you're going to do is burn the pizza, and it'll be... All undone inside the middle. Yes. I think dude was having a bad day. Uh, or on something. One of the two. And and he was near the the bank. He had some serious munchies, man, if he wanted that pizza that bad. I, I, w- I would look. I, I'm a big West Knoxville fan. I just moved from West Knoxville. And not the not the Chris Lowe part of West Knoxville out out towards Farragut. No, that's not Knoxville. That's Farragut. Farragut. That's a good point. I should have remembered that. That's Farragut. That's not Farragut. West West Knoxville. But I used to live over by Bearden, so I, I I used to frequent Cedar Bluff, and I'm madder than a hornet's nest. So not to give free pub, but Panda Express is like one of my favorite places to eat. I love Panda Express, and there's a grocery shop. On, on Cedar or grocery store on Cedar Bluff that just got a Panda Express right next to it as I moved from West Knoxville. I used to have to drive all the way out to Farragut to get my Panda Express. And then, like, the month that I am moving from West Knoxville to South Knoxville, boom, a Panda Express, like five minutes from my apartment. So, side note, I'm, I'm still mad about that. But I used to frequent Cedar Bluff quite a bit. I used to go work out on Cedar Bluff and, and so on and so forth. Uh, North Cedar Bluff is apparently not safe anymore because you had this incident at the pizza place. And 
You want to inform the good people about a bank robbery that looked just like Jeremy Pruitt? It was awful. Yeah, that's kind of my, if you, that's if, kind of my bank. If 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 you frequent North 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 Cedar Bluff, you may want to be prepared yeah, for, for any that's run-ins. Kinda, that's, that's like one of my banks. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a little I loved, weird. Little weird. I, I loved your reaction yesterday when I informed you of of which bank this took place at, and you're like, wait, what? Know, That's my bank. I know everybody in that in that bank. I know my name. They know me by name. I walk in. It's all good. They give my they give my kids uh, lollipops two at a time. Like most kids only get one. My kids get two two a piece, and they get to pick their own flavor. Like we in there. Like we, I, wow, it's weird. Anyways, um, T months. I said breast sticks, mother. Dude came in there like um, he came in there like uh, Samuel L. Jackson from from coming to America. Drop it! You were not a rhinoceros peasant. Whatever he said, I don't know what he said. But Simi said, "I'm sending you a haul." I forgot what he said in that movie. GBO says, "Levy to OU as OC." Well, I mean, hey. He is an alum of Oklahoma, and that has been the talk that Jeff Levy is going to join Brent Venables at OU. That would be the best move that Brent Venables could make. I think that would be a great move for Jeff Levy to go be an OC for a defensive head coach. I also saw where there's some mutual interest between um, the former OC of the Carolina Panthers, former OC of the defending, well, not defending, but the 2019 National Champions LSU Tigers and Joe Brady. Uh, He may be in Miami. He definitely needs to come back to the college ranks. Um, So where will he go? Looks like Miami may may be the place for him. It's not set in stone, but saw that there were some mutual interest there. Tennessee fans aren't worried about Josh Heupel going and being the offense coordinator at Oklahoma. <laughs> no, that that has that has. Um, I'm I'm glad that that whole connection is not talked about anymore. Uh, C.J. Smith decommitted from Florida. Ben, any 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 idea of if Tennessee getting in there uh, with C.J. C.J. Smith? Uh, that news surprised me. I was not anticipating that to to take place seems like Florida may have told him it's a no-go on him running track as well because it it seemed like he was headed to Florida under Billy Napier as long as they were okay with him running track as well and then then he decommits from Florida so why the hell would you not let a football player run track I don't know I I don't make any sense because they've had players on the Urban Meyer run run track yes and I don't know that to be fact but just based off of talking to him on on Sunday, it, it seemed like he was going to stick to to Florida as long as they were could get the track stuff worked out. He has been injury prone over the course of his career, high school career. I mean, he was in a knee brace on this weekend. It's okay, man. We got we got extra treatments. We got deer antler spray. We got we got <laughs> you know vibranium. We we got it. We got all that stuff. We we will take care of you. Make sure that you're good to go. 
So it, that that news truly surprised me. It is rare that that things happen in recruiting anymore that surprise you because it seems like hey, everybody finds out everything nowadays. But that that was out of left field. That that was unexpected. And if you follow the timeline of him decommitting after he officially visited Tennessee, it's hard not to think that Tennessee's in a good spot. But he still has two two more visits lined up to Georgia and Texas A and M. So. We'll see. Oh, man. He's going to A&M. and m said, you know what? A&M got any more room? We tired of watching Bama and Georgia do and what we, we can Texas. do. We tired of seeing y'all doing what we know we can do. We built a brand new stadium. We tore down a stadium to build a brand new stadium for $450 million. We got money, too. We got money, too. We can make things happen, too. They tired. And A&M... This is what people don't understand. Let me kick some game. I think I've, I think I've been doing that this week. Let me continue to kick some game to, to our good people. There's a time and a place to go out here and gobble up recruits. Gobble? Gobble up recruits. You, what you cannot do is out of left field, out of nowhere, start – getting commitments and signing multiple five-stars without any success on the field to back it up. Then people are like, yo, wait a minute. This is blue chippish. This is what Jordan Pruden and and company did. How you in 2018 look the way you did, and then voila, next season, you just getting all these players. Wait a minute. Hold on. What A&M did was be the fifth team, in the college football playoff rankings last year, in the final rankings. And now they can say, oh, yeah, yeah, let's let's go. Because now it looks like A&M is getting these players because they are on that upward trajectory of winning. You can't lose and then go out here and pull out five-star after five-star after five-star. It's a subtle way that you have to do it. And A&M is doing it that way. Do they have any more room for C.J. Smith? I guess. I mean, seriously. Seriously. I guess. I guess. But, uh, I'll, I'll be curious to see how that one plays out. You can't You can't stink one year and then go out and have a top five recruiting class the next year. This is what Hugh Freeze and them did. Like you, like, <laughs> you can't do it. You got to win a little bit. And then you get one. And then you go get some more. Like... Was a player from uh, Michigan, Oak Park, Michigan, the five star that went to uh, Justin Rogers. Y'all think Justin Rogers went to Kentucky because he just likes Kentucky? Come on, man. Kentucky's smart about it. You win a little bit, you get you go out and get one of those dudes. You can't go out and get four of them at the same time. Then it looks too suspicious. Then you're basically like Hugh Freeze. Like, wait a minute, all these guys want to go to Ole Miss. The number one number one receiver in the country, the number one player in the country, the number one defense offensive tackle in the country, the number one defensive lineman in the country, all in one class. Like, wait a minute, this is way too fishy. This is the way you have to do it. So I heard. Eight six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Be right back. 